630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Hour number two of 630 Chad Inside Sports is underway. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight. Reed will be back. uh, Well, he's back from vacation next week. But we only got one show next week, and that's Monday from 6 to 7 because at 7 o'clock, it'll be game two of the Western Conference Final. San Jose Sharks hosting the St. Louis Blues, and then we got hockey for the rest of the week. So you'll hear from Reed sometime the week after. And uh, we're very happy to be once again home of the Conference Finals and the Stanley Cup Final. Last night, Bruins and Carolina Hurricanes game one of the Eastern Conference final won by the Bruins in Boston by a score of 5-2. And game two of that series will be Sunday. That's a that's a 1 o'clock start, I believe, isn't it, Mr. Uh, Mr. Kellen Kennedy? Yeah, on Sunday if we got 1 p.m. start. Yeah, the old uh, the old American television. Afternoon matinee. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So no hockey tonight. Been uh, unusual because, you know, we're in the middle of a, the series has started uh, on the east side and the west side, and very rare you get a gap <laughs> in the conference finals. So as far as hockey goes, uh, we can talk about the World Hockey Championships. We'll just update you again that Finland beat Canada 3-1 in the opening game. Darnell Nurse played just under eight minutes. Jonathan Marcheseau with the only goal, but uh, Capo Caco, one of the best uh, young draft picks, draft eligible, players heading into next month's draft in Vancouver. Uh, he scored twice. Canada will play again Sunday against Great Britain. Bakersfield Condors, top farm club of the Edmonton Oilers, will play game four of their Pacific Division final against the San Diego Gulls, trying to even up that series at two. Prince Albert Raiders trying to win the Western Hockey League championship in Vancouver. They're up three games to one. That game will be getting going uh, later on tonight as well. You can uh, text in at 630-630. And Southside Rob has texted in, says, I think that Ken Holland is the perfect man for the job of president of hockey operations and general manager of the Edmonton Oilers. I have not been a big fan of the oil the past 10 years, but I sense this hire will change the course of the Oilers ship. I've been a player, coach, scout, hockey director for the past 50 years. I'm now on board. We'll stay and will say that success is in the near future for the Oilers. Thanks for that, Southside Rob. Blue Jays in action tonight. They're uh, leading 4-2 over the Chicago White Sox in the top of the sixth inning. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. a couple weeks ago made his debut and a lot of hype and fanfare. Uh, he's been really, really struggling. He's 0-3 tonight. He got bumped up to the number two spot in the batting order, trying to get him going. Not working very well. He's 0-3, so his average has now dropped to a buck fifty and an on-base percentage of two twenty-seven. So I think uh, definitely he is learning, and I think we are all learning. We just thought Vladimir Guerrero was going to get up, you know, get in Toronto, get to Toronto, play for the Blue Jays, and just light it up. Probably didn't help in his debut that he almost jacked a homer that got taken away 
on a great defensive play. But we all saw that and went, oh, we're going to see that every game now, or most every game. Haven't seen much of it. Haven't seen much of it at all. So just has six hits over the first now 11 games. NBA playoffs tonight, one game. Houston Rockets trying to extend their Western Conference semifinal to a seventh and deciding game back in Golden State as the Warriors lead that series three games to two. Toronto Raptors uh, flat out blew it last night. Blew it. And I think we're kind of exposing the Raptors a little bit, and I still think they stand a very good chance of winning this game on Sunday and advancing to the Eastern Conference Final against the Milwaukee Bucks, led by Giannis. I'll try to figure out how to say his last name. Antipakobo or something like that. I don't know. It's a very long Greek name. But Giannis is, must be Greek for awesome, because he is truly great. So Kawhi Leonard has been very good in, in these playoffs. He's averaging, what, 31 points a game. But I'll tell you, there's uh, not much going on beyond Kawhi Leonard, who had uh, 21 points in the winning game five in Toronto, the blowout win. 105 points came from everybody else. Well, kind of reverted back to kind of the, the norm with Kawhi Leonard handling most of the uh, load. 29 points in the loss, which was a lopsided loss, really. I mean, it was, what, an 11-point 11 point, uh, 11 loss, but it was really a, a blowout for most of, the, most of the second half, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, this team has missed so many uncontested threes, and that's a concern because they got players on that side that can knock down threes. I mean, it's like 40% or more that they have missed on uncontested threes, and they're getting out-rebounded. So maybe there's some changes they got to make. Maybe they got to get Pau Gasol involved more. Kind of neutralize Joel Embiid. So I would say, I would definitely say that the Raptors should win that game on Sunday, but you never, never know. The Raptors in their history have never done anything the easy way in the postseason. Hey, some CFL news. Uh, Bryant Mitchell. It's unfortunate CFL news uh, for uh, Bryant Mitchell. Well, for a former CFL player, because that's what he is. Back in January, he signed with the Arizona Cardinals. Pretty exciting. Today, the Cardinals signed a bunch of draft picks, which included some receivers. And unfortunately, Bryant Mitchell was waived. So he is up for grabs for anybody, CFL, NFL. And I know... The uh, CFL universe went just absolutely gaga over this news and said, great, here comes Bryant Mitchell back to the Canadian Football League. Could it be an Eskimo? Could it be a Lion? Could it be an Argo? Well, hearing now that um, Bryant Mitchell's staying in the NFL, looks like he's got a deal with another NFL team that's going to be signed next week. Too bad. Uh, well, in uh, one respect, it's too bad. In the other respect, it's great that Bryant Mitchell gets to continue his uh, NFL a quest. But last year, man, oh man, just had eight starts, but 849 yards, averaged 106 yards a game. Duke Williams, who led the league in receiving yards, he averaged 87.7 yards per game. So Bryant Mitchell is definitely a dynamic player. 
and uh, hopefully the next stop in his NFL career lasts a little bit longer. I know CFL fans want him back up here, and I think, you know, you got to give them their due. Now, it's always uncomfortable in the wintertime, especially December, January, when players sign. Well, in January when they sign. Oh, I hate this. Oh, I wish they. Oh, I, I wish them well, but I hope they fail. It's like, well, it's a terrible thing to say, <laughs> really. So Bryant Mitchell gets to continue his NFL dream and uh, should be signing with an NFL team next week. Uh, CBA talks. <sighs> this stuff again. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, so the latest is the talks happened again this week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They are not, it sounds like, not any closer to a deal. They're making progress in some areas, but in the key areas, and we don't really know what the key areas are necessarily, although I can guess it's talk, we're talking about player safety and, and benefits and, and insurance, and yes, money's in there as well. But uh, the CFL doesn't sound like they're relenting very much off of their stance, and it doesn't sound like the PA is relenting off of their stance. So the two sides are scheduled to meet again formally next week for three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And only complicating matters is a week tomorrow is when the current CBA expires on May 18th. And if you remember last month, a strike vote was taken after the league said, if there is no deal, or the PA said, after there is no deal, if there is no deal on the 18th or by the 18th, we are not reporting to training camp. Then they took a strike vote, 97.3% in favor of of going on a strike, going on strike if they deem that is what they need to do. And then the league f- uh, fired back and said, ah, 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 wait, five of you, five teams are not in legal strike position. Teams in Alberta, including the Eskimos, and the three teams in Ontario. So Brian Ramsey, the executive director of the union, says, okay, look, this is what we're going to do. Because they tried. They sent out a memo actually to the league and said, if if we have four teams that don't start on time and and five teams that do, this is an unfair advantage. And the league says, not our problem, even though it is. I don't know if they said that. I don't know what the league is saying. All the league is saying right now is, well, we're just trying to get a deal done. Thanks for your email. (laughs) That's what they're basically saying. So the plan is the teams that are not in legal strike position by the 19th of this month will go to camp, including the Eskimos. The four teams that are in legal strike position, BC Lions, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Montreal Alouettes, they will not report. The five teams that do report could be walking out by the 23rd because by then they could be in legal strike position and jiving with provincial laws. And if they walk out, especially in Alberta, you know, what happens if they do because then there's that 14-day cooling off period and that's another part of the deal that will have to be sorted out. Hopefully this doesn't happen. Hopefully by the 23rd, or before then, hopefully by this time next week, we're talking about a deal. Because complicating matters, and I wrote this on 630Ched.com yesterday. So the Eskimos, they go to camp on the 19th and the Lions don't. A week later, on the 26th, is the scheduled preseason game at Commonwealth between the Eskimos and Lions. I don't see any foreseeable 
way that they can play that game. The Lions are going to go, we're not ready. I mean, it's bad enough that teams have to go and play that quickly after camp anyway. I mean, it doesn't usually happen. It's usually 10 to 14 days, somewhere in that range. So what's going to happen? I have no idea. And I reached out to the league and I asked, so do you have any contingencies? And they said, we're not going to make predictions on the future. We're just going to keep things on the present and hope we get a deal. Okay, that's where that's where we sit. So bargaining will continue. And you know the two sides are still talking informally. And it doesn't look good right now, but we've been through labor negotiations before. It can change quickly. When will we get to that moment? That is a good question. We'll talk uh, football of a different kind. FC Edmonton opens up their home schedule on Sunday against Pacific FC 130 Clark Stadium. We'll talk to Jeff Paulus, the head coach, in a moment. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Well, underway at the Expo Center, Edmonton Stingers hosting the Niagara River Lions in the first game in CEBL history, Canadian Elite Basketball League history for the Edmonton Stingers who are up 16-5. to in the early going of this game. Uh, Toronto Blue Jays with a 4-2 lead over the Chicago White Sox there in the bottom of the sixth inning. And the Golden State Warriors and Houston Rockets game just underway in Houston as the Rockets trying to force the seventh game on Sunday. Warriors trying to advance to the Western Conference Final again for the, I don't know, 75th year in a row. It's not that long, but it feels like that. Uh, FC Edmonton has already played one game in the new Canadian Premier League. That's against Valor FC. And they'll play their first home game on Sunday, 1.30 Clark Park. Jeff Paulus, the head coach of FC Edmonton, joins us now. Jeff, uh, thank you very much for joining us once again on a very exciting weekend. Thanks for having me on, Dave. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, uh, you uh, kick off your home schedule. You already uh, had your season opener in Winnipeg uh, last week with a 2-1 win over Valor Valor FC, so congratulations on that. But uh, you are in action on Sunday at 1.30, and it's always good to start your season at home, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice to come back to our own confines, and obviously, you know, we've got um, we've got such a good supporters group here, and I'm looking forward to you know hearing all the new songs and um, <laughs> and hopefully result players. But yeah, it's nice to be home. Yeah, you're playing Pacific FC, and uh, let's first talk about that two-one win over Valor FC in Winnipeg. Uh, you know, first of all, you had a long wait before this season got got started. I mean, how long was your training camp? Yeah, I mean, I tried to shorten ours, but we were still about eight weeks. Whoa, so, wow. uh, too long. Yeah, the players are at that, you know, by that point, they're, and we've got a really close team, but they're, they're still, you know, nerves are being frayed and they're kicking each other. So it was nice to kick other players in Winnipeg, I'll tell you that. It, uh, it was much needed by the group, but yeah, too long. For sure, and yeah, as a coach, how challenging is that to, to come up with creative, creative ways to make sure that this team is still interested and 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 you take the pressure off of each other? And because, like you say, I mean, heck, I cover Eskimo training camps, and they're sick of each other by day five. 
Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, you know it's true. I mean, we tried to uh, we tried to delay ours in week one. We um, we actually took them camping uh, to Wildwood, Alberta, for for a couple of days, and uh, we tried to do some team building stuff there. So so we did try to kind of you know at the very beginning at least do something different than just kicking them ball, and um, you know it worked. I mean, it, it was a good experience. But but for us as a staff, it is. I mean, how do you keep them motivated when they're just always playing against each other and, you know, seeing the same faces every day? And, um, you know, I think you just have to be creative in your exercises. I mean, we don't um, we do not do a lot of the same uh, drill, I guess, if you want to call it a drill. We don't do the same drill back-to-back. Mm-hmm. You know, every second. Every session is completely different, so at least you you activate their mind and you get them having to kind of learn new things or new ideas, and you know that's one way to go about it. But yeah, you have to have a team that has a really good makeup. You know that the chemistry has to be right for them to get through something like that. So and, and they did. Yeah, for sure. And, and what really stood out to you in that win over uh, Valor FC uh, last week, a two-one win? You know, I, I think the way that the team fought for each other. You know, it, uh, the game didn't go uh, early on. The game did not go how we wanted it to. It was uh, we've not played the type of football that that we want to play this year, as far as our possession game goes. Valor actually came out quite strong, and um, for 45 minutes, really, we were under it for about 45. And um, but you know what, the players, I think, just the way that they fought for each other, the way that we defended. Um, you know, our keeper, Connor James, is brave as a lion. And um, and then the second half to come out and completely turn it around and just relax and actually grab the game back, I thought, on our control. So so for that, I mean, it's on the players. I mean, their their character really shone through. Jeff Paulus joins us, uh, head coach for the for FC Edmonton here on 630 Chad Inside Sports. Uh, the first ever CPL home opener for FC Edmonton is on Sunday at 1.30 at Clark Field against Pacific FC. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Connor James, and if that name sounds familiar to some people listening, he is a former goalkeeper with the U of A Golden Bears. Tell me more about Connor and, and, and not only his performance, but just his impact on your on your on your team right now. Well, yeah, immense. I mean, uh, we really, I can thank him for three points. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've known Connor since he's been a young boy. And obviously, you know, for the old NTC days, and, and he's been in our academy. He's trained with our first team for several years. Um, so, you know, I, I go way back with Connor. And, you know, I do want to give a shout out as well to Dylan Pallet because we, we, we are, we're blessed with two very good young keepers. And uh, Connor got the nods and, and he ran with it. You know, he's, um, you know, his strength is uh, his, his mind. You know, his mentality, he is so even keeled that nothing phases him. You know, he's got the same demeanor regardless of what's just happened, in the, whether he's given up a goal, whether we've gone up a goal. And, and it's important for a team to see that your keeper is steady. And um, he brings that. He brings that kind of calming influence to a back line. And, yeah, I mean, he, he deserves all the uh, all, all the accolades that he's receiving at the moment because he's really put on a show. But great kid as well. Yeah, great kid. Honor student. I mean, he's just, he's a, he's just an all-around good person. Yeah, for sure. And finally, you know, getting the chance to open at home in a new league, the Canadian Premier League, which is, uh, you know, it's nice to see a, a purely Canadian league back in Canada again. But uh, you talked about the support of Clark Stadium. Um, tell me about just the the nerves, the excitement level heading into uh, Sunday afternoon at one thirty at Clark. Yeah, well, I'm hoping that most of the nerves got out of the way in Winnipeg, being our first game. You know, hopefully we've seen the uh, those are you know, those days are gone now. But you know what? I think there's uh, definitely a lot of excitement. We've got 13 Edmontonian players um, that have come through our club system here. That they've got a lot of friends and family coming. So, so I think a lot of you know, I think in the first five ten minutes, if they can manage, the, the nerves won't be for our ability to play. We've had a good week of training here. Um, the players believe in each other and, and what and what they're doing. Um, the, the nerves will be that they don't want to. 
disappoint their friends and family coming out to watch them. So if they can kind of just grasp a hold of that um, and calm themselves down, I think we'll be okay. But, yeah, you know, again, the city's done a lot of great work for us at Clark Stadium, and I really must commend them. And it's going to be a new feeling, a new environment. Uh, the atmosphere should be fantastic. If we can pack that stadium with four to 5,000 people, uh, the way that it's going to be closed in now, it's just really going to create a fantastic environment. But delighted to be back. You know, hopefully we'll put on a good performance for everyone. Jeff, thank you very much for your time, and all the best on Sunday, okay? Thank you very much for having me on. Much appreciated. Jeff Paulus, head coach of FC Edmonton, who will open up their Canadian Premier League home schedule on Sunday, 1.30 against Pacific FC out of Victoria. News is next from the 6.30 Chet 24-Hour News Centre with Thomas Sides. We come back, you'll meet one of the draft picks of the Edmonton Eskimos, and he has a pretty cool story. That and more coming up. For breaking news and expert opinion, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6:30 Chad. Last half hour of the week for 6:30 Chad Inside Sports. We are here on Monday for one solitary hour from six to seven. Then we will uh, play or present to you. Game number two of the Western Conference Final between the San Jose Sharks at home to the St. Louis Blues. Game one of that series will go tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. You can catch it right here on 6.30 Chad. Game two, Eastern Conference Final. Boston Bruins at home to the Columbus Blue Jackets. 1 o'clock is the start of the game. You can catch it right here on 6.30 Chad, the voice of the NHL Conference Finals and the Stanley Cup Final. 6.30 Chet Inside Sports brought to you by Brunch. Northern chicken style. Buttermilk biscuits, sausage, gravy, smashed potatoes. Sunday from 11 a.m. until 2. You can visit northchickenyeg.com. You can text in at 6.30, Dan texts in. What is the CFL thinking right from the start of the CBA? In my opinion, the league has been playing games with players. Perhaps the commissioner needs to be reminded that he is not the, the NFL, NHL, MLB, or NBA. Can't afford to, to uh, not to play games with the players or, uh, with, or can't afford to play games with the players or fans. He's already got three franchises that are unstable financially, and he's going to play games. Perhaps forgot about Mexico and Europe to get the franchises he has strong and viable. Really thought he was smarter than this. That is from Dan. Yeah. You know, I, I would I would say it's hard to pick sides in a labor dispute. Because I think both sides can share some culpability. But I think at this juncture, I, I'm not sure what the league is thinking here. It's almost like it's a it's an enormous game of chicken. That's what it seems like right now. It's just an enormous game of chicken. Both sides know they can't afford to miss games in the regular season. Both sides know that. So you're going to see posturing. And, you know, maybe both sides are to blame here. I, I'm sure it is. But I, I, would, I, would, I would question the CFL tactics more than anything. Uh, you know, especially when from the get-go, they said, we're not giving bonuses that were agreed to contractually in this offseason. Now, on the flip side, players need to be prepared for that, and they should have, you know, they were told, go get jobs. So go get jobs. At the same time, that's kind of a, 
pretty extreme move by the CFL to do that. But I guess I just don't like the gamesmanship. And sometimes I wonder what the CFL is doing. You know, the only side that we really hear from is the CFLPA, and they don't say very much. You know, Brian Ramsey has been very accommodating with his time. He's the executive director of the union, and he's a former Eskimo, former CFL player. Ryan King is the player rep for the Eskimos. He's on the negotiating team. We've had him on a couple times, very generous with his time. He has said what he can say. Um, They're not trying to negotiate through the media, although when you have things leaked like strike votes and you have things leaked like we sent a memo to the CFL saying four teams not starting camp and five teams that will be starting camp. It's an unfair advantage. Um, Yeah, there is some posturing. But the league is sitting there saying nothing, and I find that interesting. Um, I really think they got to say something other than, um, well, we're just trying to work on the deal and get the best deal possible. Yeah, we know that, but... You know, could you tell us from your side of things, because what we hear from the players is, you know, we still want respect. We feel we're being strong, strong armed here. CFL is doing is basically being um, very aggressive in their dealings and kind of trying to push the PA around again, where I thought five years ago the PA came in and were so unprepared. The CFL took them to school even though they got the most money out of any labor negotiation in the history of the CFL. Could there be a work stoppage? Yeah, I think there really could be. I think there really, really could be. I think we could see one preseason game go. And honestly, I don't think we'd see much more than that. I could see this lasting maybe a week or two. It's possible training camp could get wiped out, but the regular season can't be wiped out because either side can't afford this. They can't. They know that. So what we have is a big game of chicken. We have a bunch of rhetoric, and it's tough. But from the CFL side of things, I'm going, you need to say something soon, other than we're trying to work on the best deal. One side has labeled a lot of accusations about how they've been treated, so time for the other side to come out, in my opinion. Uh, Training camps will begin on May 19th, we hope for everybody. The Eskimos, uh, the plan is they will go to camp if there is no deal. Last week was the CFL draft. Of course, uh, Matthew Betts was the third overall pick, the uh, best U-sports player in the draft. Defensive lineman out of Laval, who's in Chicago Bears camp right now. And uh, throughout the uh, draft, you know, we, we learn about Kyle Saxley, who we have on the show. The next pick was a young man by the name of Peter Sender. Big fullback slash tight end plays for Grand Valley State, and uh, he joins us now on 6:30. Chad Inside Sports, Peter, uh, welcome to the airways of 6:30. Chad, welcome to Edmonton, and welcome to the Eskimos. Hey, thanks. I'm uh, glad to be on the air and uh, excited. To- well, I'm going to ask you the standard question that we ask everyone that gets drafted to whatever sport it is, uh, you know, <laughs> here in Edmonton. But uh, tell me what it was like to be drafted. Where were you? Yeah, I was uh, I was at my buddy Bart's place. He was the starting quarterback for this school I played for, Grand Valley. And uh, I had my friend next to me, Brian, and then my dad and uh, Bart's girlfriend, Chelsea. And um, we were actually playing Euchre at the time. So um, we were just uh, around the table, 
it was my third hand in, and then I got a call um, from California. I had an idea that it was a scout, so I looked who was up next, and it was Edmonton. So I picked up the phone, and um, he asked if I wanted to be an Edmonton Eskimo. And, I mean, the nerves built up from there. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's all the hard work uh, kind of just ending up at that point. So, I mean, I said, of course. And, uh, yeah, it was definitely a surreal experience just to uh, see all your hard work pay off and uh, mm-hmm. to officially call yourself a professional football player after playing uh, so many years at the university level. So. Now, have you talked? Did you talk to the Eskimos beforehand? Before you got that phone call, basically saying, "Hey, welcome to the Eskimos." Yeah, so I talked to um, Bobby Merritt, who's in the front office, and uh, it was a call that kind of came out of nowhere. I was coming back from working out the Tuesday before the draft, and he said that he watched a lot of my film um, and that they they thought that I was a good player, really good blocker, and. Uh, at that point, I really had no idea where I was going to end up in the draft. Um, at that point, I thought it was even a possibility I'd go undrafted just because I hurt myself during the uh, Toronto Regional Combine. Right. So at, at that point, I, I absolutely had no idea. So when he said that he expected me to go relatively high, that definitely got my hopes up. And uh, the way that he talked about um, how I'd be able to fit in the scheme and uh, – definitely do a lot of things I did at Grand Valley and translate those skills into playing professional football. That got me excited. So after that phone call, Edmonton was definitely on my radar. And from there, I was ecstatic when they called me that Thursday night. Now, you mentioned you got hurt in the Ontario Regional Combine. Uh, what happened? So I was running my second 40, and I was actually just watching tape on it today, and it was a really good was a lot better than my first one and I actually ran a better time but uh, around eight yards up I pulled my hamstring and uh, so it, it was a pretty bad pull and um, I was unable to finish the combine and it took me right around a month maybe a little more to uh, get back to like sprinting full speed and uh, so yeah when that happened I was obviously super emotional um, I thought my opportunity might have been over so when I got that call that Thursday night, that was even sweeter just because at one point I was super low thinking that my opportunity was squandered. But then I got that call. And yeah, it was wow. It was definitely awesome to bounce back from something like that. And uh, definitely um, thankful to be given an opportunity after um, an injury like that. And the most important evaluations of my life so yeah and that, that that's a wide range of uh you know circumstances and i'm sure a wide range of emotions and adversity and just you know a two-month span from when he got hurt to when he got drafted last week i mean that's quite the emotional swings for you yeah yeah it was definitely an emotional roller coaster um i just remember like getting checked out by the trainers like crying to be honest um, just because I thought it was over with. And uh, then to get that phone call um, from Bobby um, on that Tuesday and then obviously on that Thursday night, it definitely uh, – it was – I was definitely emotional roller coaster at that point as well. So, um, I mean, I can't say it 
anymore. Like I'm super thankful for the opportunity and excited to start my professional career. Right on. Peter Sander joining us. Uh, Edmonton Eskimos fourth round draft pick from this year's CFL draft. That happened last Thursday. Uh, joining us right now on 630 Chad Inside Sports. Uh, fullback from Grand Valley State and uh, played some uh, tight end as well. Uh, tell, tell us your story here. You, you basically grew up in Howell, Michigan, uh, but you were not born in Michigan. You were actually born in Ontario. So, so tell, you, tell, your, uh, tell your family story. Yeah, so um, both of my parents are American. Uh, my dad was teaching at the time in Coburg, Ontario. Um, there he had my sister, my older sister and me. Um, and then I, we moved back to the States at, when I was around years old. So um, I was definitely raised in the United States, but born in Canada. So spent my whole life playing American football. Um, so coming out of high school, I played at the U.S. Air Force Academy for a few years, and I transferred uh, to Grand Valley, where that's a D2 school in uh, the United States or in Michigan. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my story. Um, and I became aware of CFL opportunity probably around a year and a half, two years ago, and definitely, um, I'd be, I, I definitely set that as a goal. Um, my at the beginning of my senior season. So your career at Grand Valley State, you played three seasons there. Um, you're primarily as used as a blocker. Um, you do have 11 catches for 93 yards and three touchdowns in your three seasons. And actually, you made the first email conference uh, in 2018. So uh, congratulations on that. Um, but a description, of, a description of you that I read is that you're basically the Swiss Army knife uh, of the offense. Uh, tell me about having all, all that responsibility and all that, not just the physical tools, but the head knowledge that you're being called upon to do a lot of things on offense and even a lot of things on uh, special teams. Yeah, so um, I was used as a point of uh, attack blocker a lot. So I was on the line as a traditional Y tight end. Um, that's more often used in American football, blocking D ends, um, blocking inside zone, um, blocks like that, as well as getting off the ball in the wing formations, getting set in motion and inserting on linebackers and DNs in that capacity, also blocking defensive backs. So I definitely have a wide range of skill set when it comes to blocking, um, which I think works really well. With the tape that I've seen, um, Edmonton with McCarty and Dupuis, um, the type of blocks that they've been pulling off um, for the last few seasons, I definitely feel like my skill set's translatable. Um, so, and then special teams, um, at Grand Valley, mostly my senior year, I played um, in bigger games. I played on punt and KOR. So uh, that's always fun. I, I definitely gained an appreciation for special teams my senior year and really started to enjoy and embrace that role. Um, as an offensive player, whenever you get to run down and make tackles, obviously that's a good time. So, um, <laughs> if, yeah, if I'm able to do that for the uh, Eskimos, I definitely embrace that role, and um, as a Canadian fullback, that's definitely something that's going to be asked of me. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for the special team aspect as well. I have some experience with that as well. 
With the position you're playing in, we're speaking with Peter Sender, uh, fourth-round draft pick of uh, this year's draft class from the Edmonton Eskimos, uh, with the uh, draft being held last week. He joins us now on uh, 6.30 Chet Inside Sports. With all the, the, the tape that you watched of the of the CFL um, in your position that you're going to play, is it really translatable from the American game to the Canadian game, considering you're the fullback, you're on the line a lot, you, you know, you're asked to block, you're asked to release as a tight end at, at some points? You know, because I think about when quarterbacks come up here they say oh the 12 man gets me all the time or the or, or the receivers they say well that there's so much depth to the field there's so much width to the field and same with defensive players is it more translatable for a position like yourself that fullback tight end that there really isn't all that much of a difference for you um i believe so obviously there's things that i'm gonna have to uh to adopt and to pick up the learning curve um for example the yard off the ball for the defense Thunder. Um, that's different than in American football. But um, a lot of b- blocks that I'm going to be asked to do are very similar. Um, and uh, the forward motion is something I'm super excited to do as well. Because <laughs> um, I've been inserting on DNs just from a motion or a standstill position, like a wing off the tackle. Now I get to have a little forward momentum. So um, I expect that to be a lot of fun. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, for fullback, I, I don't think there's um, a ton of difference. I, I've been talking to with uh, Coach Princeton, and he said that uh, the, the things that I'll have to pick up are more so the plays and the motions as opposed to the blocking techniques. So when it comes down to the nitty-gritty and the techniques of the game, um, they're a lot more translatable than I might have expected um, before I started watching film and right. started breaking yeah. out the CFL clo- more closely. And remember, 20-second play clock, <laughs> so things happen fast. True. <laughs> yeah, they told me to get my air underneath me, so, uh, um, yeah, that, that'll definitely be, uh, be a transition as well, but I'm excited about it. Peter, it was uh, fabulous to get to know you here and spend a few minutes to talk to you and uh, looking forward to seeing you up in training camp in uh, in about uh, 10 days. I know we got some labor stuff up here, but they'll get that all sorted out. So uh, we'll definitely see you at some point soon. And uh, thanks for your time here on 630 Chad. Yeah, thanks a lot, Dave. Um, and yeah, I'm super excited to get up in Edmonton and uh, be an Eskimo. Peter Sender, fullback tight end out of Grand Valley State and a pretty cool story. And hopefully we will see him up on the 19th and he'll be here for a full training camp and for his sake beyond back to wrap up inside sports for a friday evening hi this is ryan user hopkins from your edmonton oilers you're listening to inside sports with reed wilkins on oilers radio 630 chad dave campbell for reed wilkins tonight and on monday night edmonton stingers first game ever in the uh, Canadian Elite Basketball League there at the Expo Center right now taking on the Niagara River Lions and they lead 35-20 to the Stingers. The first ever points scored by the Stingers, former U of A Golden Bear legend Jordan Baker. So there you go. World Hockey Championships earlier today. It was Canada losing 3-1 to Finland. And uh, great performance by uh, ca- uh, by uh, the young Finn. Boy, oh boy, why did I forget his name? Capo. <laughs> Cammy Capo. There you go. Capo Caco. There you go. 
Capocacco, two goals, who's uh, likely going to go second overall in the uh, NHL draft. Must be Friday, Kellen. Must be Friday. TGIF. There you go. <laughs> Darnell Nurse, by the way, played just under eight minutes in the game. Jonathan so the only goal for Canada, who played Great Britain on Sunday. They'll have two new players in the lineup as well, as uh, Tyson Jost of the Colorado Avalanche and Pierre-Luc Dubois of the Columbus Blue Jackets are on their way to Slovakia. And by the way, Kyle Turris named a team captain today as well. Bakersfield Condors play game four of the Pacific Division Final, the American Hockey League against the San Diego Gulls tonight, looking to even that series up at two games apiece. Western Hockey League can be wrapped up tonight. Prince Albert Raiders looking to advance to the Memorial Cup as they're up three games to one. Game five against the Giants in Vancouver uh, will go just after uh, 8 o'clock. Major Leagues Baseball, Toronto Blue Jays, a 4-3 lead over the Chicago White Sox. They're now in the bottom of the seventh inning. NBA playoffs tonight. Houston Rockets trying to extend the series to a seventh and deciding game on Sunday. Golden State Warriors looking to wrap it up and go to the Western Conference Final. Right now, the Rockets are out in front by a score of 37-33. to All right, tomorrow, game number one, Western Conference Final, San Jose Sharks, St. Louis Blues at 6 o'clock, right here on 6.30, Chad. Then game two, Eastern Conference Final, one o'clock start in Boston Bruins and the Carolina Hurricanes. We are here for one hour, six to seven on Monday. Then it's game two of the Western Conference Final. Kelly Rudy from the NHL on Rogers will be one of my guests. For studio producer Kellen Kennedy, have a great weekend, Mr. Kennedy. You too. Talk to you all on Monday. And you all have a great weekend. Have a good one and happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there as well. Talk to you on Monday. Good night. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.